through 25 seasons. Hey! 4,561 episodes. I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. We're kicking off a new series we're calling Lifestyle Makeovers. Lifestyle, your whole life. And we want you to be a part of it, if you wish. It's a different kind of makeover because these makeovers are from the inside out. A makeover not just for your body, but that too, but also for your mind and your spirit. I've been wanting to do this for a long, long time because thousands of you have told us your busy lives have left you feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed, feeling empty. And I know this for sure. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to. Over and over again, I've heard women on this show, in the audience, say they have lost themselves, that you don't have time for what matters to you most. You haven't even stopped to ask yourself because you're so busy being everything for everybody else. Well, this is what a lifestyle makeover will do for you. It will take you step by step through the process of how you can begin to create the life you want, not just a new hairdo or a new body, but you can get that too. And to make it easy for you to get involved, we're making this makeover of a lifetime interactive on our website at oprah.com. You can follow along, find support for yourself, find guidance, ask questions. What we've done is lined up a team of experts to help make over the most challenging parts of your lives. Now, we have uh, best-selling money expert Susie Orman, who will be a part of it. We'll be helping you look at your finances and learn to create a life of material as w- and spiritual abundance. My former personal trainer and exercise physiologist Bob Green is going to be showing you how to make the connection inside to help the outside to find more energy and get in shape. We'll be introducing you to Dr. Tracy Goddett, one of the premier women's physicians in the country, showing us how busy, stressful lives can cause illness and how to get healthy and stay healthy by tapping into your body's inner wisdom. We all have it. You'll see all of them on our upcoming Lifestyle Makeover shows. And heading up our makeover team is Cheryl Richardson. Now, Cheryl has already helped thousands of women make over their lives. She is the author of Take Time for Your Life. There is a book on the screen. And she says uh, that the first step to creating the life you want is realizing that what is missing in your life is really you. I love that. That's right. I know that. Have you seen the shows where the people... Oh, yes. And you hear yourself in your seminars. Yes. Women saying, I've lost me. Right. I've lost myself. I just don't know where I am anymore. I don't know what I want, what I love. And um, I... Personally, I think it's a crisis of spirit. I mean, I think you know that. It's, there's That's really... why we called it remembering your spirit. Right, exactly. Yes. It's mm-hmm. a crisis of spirit, and we really need to offer. I mean, what we're going to do with this program is offer people a practical step-by-step process to finding themselves, returning to themselves. Yes. But you're absolutely right. That is it. It's a crisis of yes. spirit. Yes. And how do you define spirit, Cheryl? 
Well, I define spirit as that wise, vulnerable part of us inside that is connected to the divine. And that, that our inner wisdom is really that, that part of us that can direct us to our best life, can, keeps us connected to ourselves, keeps us connected to a power greater than us in some way. And when we, when we reconnect with that part and stay connected, our life starts to become a magical journey, really. Right. And don't you find that the loss, the sense of loss, the sense of who am I, the sense of struggle, the sense of not being accomplished in your life is directly proportional to how connected you feel to that spirit? Absolutely. Absolutely. You, there's no way you're going to live an authentic life or a half-authentic life if you're disconnected from yourself. Yeah. Authentic meaning happy and fulfilled for you. And a life that reflects who you are, your values, your desires, your beliefs. You can't have that if you don't have that connection. Right. Our focus is so perpetually turned outward. And as long as that's the case, we're never going to be feel connected to who we are. Our job through this process is to help women begin to turn their vision inward and to make the first stop a connection with you. Okay. Now, this is a big task ahead of both of us because as I see it from what I, you know, interview thousands of women and hundreds come through here every week. And one of the things that I have seen over the years is that women don't really believe that they have the right yes. to take the time for themselves first. Yes. What I see in my work is when I see women running around trying to clean up their homes, trying to manage everything, I think symbolically on some level, that's a desperate attempt for appreciation and yeah. recognition. Yeah. And saying, I am my house. I am as clean. I am There's as nice heads or going. as good <laughs> as my floors are clean. I right. am as, you know, I hear these women all the time about the house, the clean right. and the hand and hand because they think that that really is a reflection and of And I them. say to them, you know, if you took as good a care of yourself as you did of your house, you'd be in really good shape. That's right. Okay. So so what we have to do is, I, I think, change the paradigm, yes. meaning change, just shift the way we think. We need to think of it as a revolution of the spirit. Yes! That's what it a is. Revolution a revolution of the right. spirit. That's yes. what we have. We need that intensity and that energy behind it. It's like your life is at stake. You either do this or you keep getting what you already have, or, and it's going to get worse over time. That's guaranteed. Okay. A revolution. I didn't know that's what it was, but we're having one. Cheryl says the key to finding your lost self, the key to this crisis of spirit, is what she calls extreme self-care. And she talks about it a lot in the book, Taking Time for Your Life. She says, if you don't practice extreme self-care, and I know y'all are nodding here. I know y'all did a lot of self-care getting to the show, but <laughs> just the time alone for the outfits to think about. Yeah. But yes. we're talking about all the time, extreme self-care. If you don't do this, your life is at risk. That's right. Why? That's right. If you begin to live in chaos and you're always creating chaos and you're always giving, 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 your physical world will start to reflect what's going on. Correct. And so chaos begins. I think illness shows up. You know, you have the regrets. And so as dramatic as it might sound, I'm saying your life is at stake. If you don't take this seriously, and if you don't start treating yourself better than you do your home or taking time for you, even when you feel guilty, and we'll talk about how to deal with guilt, mm -hmm. you know, even when you feel guilty or you feel like it's obscene in some way, I mean, extreme self-care sounds obscene to some people. I say, good, let's get your attention first, because in the beginning, sometimes it is being selfish, but selfish in a way that will allow you to give to others out of love instead of guilt and obligation, which is what most of us are doing, quite frankly. Okay, okay. Out of love and I'm supposed to. Right. Versus I'm supposed to. Right. Now, this is Tracy. 
And like many of the busy moms who write us, she says she feels she's lost herself by hiding behind this hectic schedule and constantly putting herself last. I have a great husband, I have a great job, and I have a great daughter, but I'm very unhappy with me. My life is very chaotic. And it's chaotic because everything kinds of blends and blurs together. I work at home and I also watch my daughter. I do my chores in the middle of the day while I might be doing laundry, talking on the phone to some editor, making grilled cheese. I feel like I do everything halfway. I'm half of a good wife, I'm half of a good mother, I'm half of a good worker, and I feel like I'm nothing to myself. I'm empty on that side. If things are slow, I will find something to do, or I will find something to fill that, whether it's volunteering at something or going to every wedding on the planet. I will completely try to, to fill up my time so I can't think. And it comes in waves. Like, I find the chaos very comforting, but then I find the chaos overwhelming. And it's just like an ocean over and over and over again. The only thing I seem to feel is guilt. I can't feel anything else. When I'm with my daughter, I'm guilty that I'm not working. And when I'm working, I feel guilty because I'm not with my daughter. And then when it's late at night and my daughter's sleeping and I'm working, I feel guilty because I'm not with my husband. Some days are good, some days are bad, but there's more bad days than good days. Where I just want to run away. I just want to quit my job. I just want to quit being married. Every day at 5 o'clock, between 5 and 5.30, I give myself a glass of wine because I totally need to switch gears. So by the time my husband comes home, I'm not a raving maniac. I think she hides how unhappy she is. My wife has a tendency to put a lot of things before herself. I've gained about 35 pounds since my wedding in three years. This is definitely the heaviest I've ever been. I hate what I look like. When I look in the mirror, I see a stranger. I don't even recognize the shape of my face. It's a complete stranger to me. I've been looking back about you know, how I got this way and why I don't make myself a priority. And I realized that I never made myself a priority. I do everything for somebody else. It makes me feel kind of pathetic. Well, I know that a number of you relate to, to, to Tracy's story. I just asked Tracy, how old are you? She just turned 30. So if you're at 30 <laughs> feeling like... What has happened to my life already? What do you want to say, Cheryl? This is great. Aren't you excited about I'm this? I'm very excited. This is exciting. It is exciting. You know, what we discovered in working together is Tracy thrives on chaos. She gets her energy from chaos, like a lot of us do. You know, we live in a culture that's addicted to adrenaline, and so she's used to running around. And we also needed to look at, you know, why was Tracy running from herself? Mm. You know, what was she running from? And those are some of the things that she's going to be looking at. Well, I want to stop there because I think a lot of people, I don't know if you re realize this, I know you had written us a letter, but I think a lot of moms out there think, I'm not running for myself, I just don't have any time. Yes. 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 Well, Cheryl says that in order to start eliminating what is draining you, you, because this is what's wonderful about the, the, the makeover, you do most of the work, you have to determine your true priorities with what she calls the, I love this, the absolute Yes, Liz. This can change your life. <laughs> Read my lips. This can change. It really is life-changing. What needs your attention at this time in your life? My daughter. Okay, your daughter. What else? My business. Okay. My husband. Myself. Okay. My basement. 
What I'd like to do is make a suggestion that we reorder them, okay? Okay. I'd like to suggest that we put you on the top of the list, your emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being, but I might recommend that you put your husband second because the relationship with your husband is really important to the health of your daughter as well. Third would be your daughter. Putting your daughter third and putting yourself first would actually be taking better care of your daughter than you have been up until this point. And then in terms of the business or the basement, which way do you want to order them? The business and then the, the basement. Okay, great. Good. So when we look at the new order then, how do you feel about your daughter being third instead of first? Hopefully I'll get used to it and I will try to. It's just my honest reaction is, you It's know, not what you should do. It's, yeah, I feel guilty. Okay, and I heard, saw a lot of Women, that, that one in pink over there, too. Whence, when you said, put your daughter third. You know, and it goes back to, how are you going to be able to take care of people in a healthy way? And the only way you're going to do that is by making your self-care a top priority. Her daughter needs her to do that. Her husband needs her to do that. Most importantly, Tracy needs her to do that. To make herself first. To, make her, to put her self-care first. You know, it's like the old oxygen mask analogy on an airplane. When you're flying on a plane, and you're flying with children, they say, if the oxygen mask comes down, put it on yourself first and then your child. Extreme self-care is your oxygen yeah. mask. And you realize if you've ever been on a plane, the oxygen mask comes down, you only have a few seconds. That's right. So if you go to put it on your child first, you lose air, That's and by right. the time you go to give it to yourself, you have nothing. That's right. hope that never has to happen to you, but it yes. has happened to a friend of mine recently, and she said, I got it. I got why you need to put the, give yourself the mask first. Very symbolic. Yes. Many times in life, I think the problem is people don't know the questions to ask themselves. That's right. Yes. That's right. And fundamentally, what we were saying is there needs to be a shift in consciousness and thinking right. of, for women in this country that you have to learn to take care of yourself yes. first. Yes. Now, how do you get over it? Tracy was just saying, even her husband, Tim, when she did that little list, and I saw a bunch of you all flinch. Oh, well, then she's going to just let her child just go to the devil. <laughs> then, then she won't have no family. The child's number three on the list. There's no telling what's going to happen to that poor child. Already, I know, I can feel y'all thinking all that. And she was saying that Tim also has a problem with him being yeah. second and the baby being third. Right. How, how can that right. be, he says? Well, I think what happens, you know, Tim, I think you'd realize that as Tracy takes better care of herself, she's going to be calmer. She's not going to be thriving on chaos. Right. She's going to be able to be there for her daughter in a much healthier way. She's going to show up for you without screaming and yelling when you come. You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you won't be as irritable? Yes. Oh, no, no, no. 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 And, you know, this, bring, this brings up an important point, and that is as we start this process, as you begin to make your self-care a top priority, it is going to ruffle feathers at home. That's right. And so the best the best way to deal with that is for people to leave, you know, after watching the show, go back to your loved ones and say, you know what, I've decided to dedicate the next six months to my extreme self-care. I'm going to be saying no a lot more often than yes, and I just want to warn you ahead of time. You know what he's going to say? <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have let you go to that Oprah show. <laughs> I knew. Even here yet. <laughs> you went to the Oprah show and you came home talking about, um, I am number one. <laughs> what happened? Okay. Cheryl says if Tracy learns to say no, that's why I love the absolute yes list because I for a long time had this whole problem with, you know, not being able to say no. But yes. you explain it so well in the book. Well, thank you. That everybody needs to create 
everybody, you create your own absolute yes list. And, and what you do is you ask yourself, what needs my attention at this time in my life? Think in terms of the next three to six months. This is not about goals or dreams. It's about real life, what needs my attention. Maybe you're having problems with your marriage and your marriage needs your attention. Maybe you have a sick child that needs your attention. Maybe you're in financial difficulty and that needs your attention. You pick the top five priorities, you put them in order of importance, you list them out. I have people write them on several three by five index cards and you start posting them around your life so that you remember what the yeses are. Once you get clear about what the yeses are, the noes are very easy to see. It becomes a governing document for your life. A governing document for your life. That's right. So when people ask you to do things that are outside your realm of yeses, that's just an automatic no. You say, that's just something I don't do. Right. And of course it's a process, because for those of us who have a hard time saying no, as you're learning that, you might say, oh, well, I'm not sure. A as we go through this process, you'll be able to ask yourself, oh, is this an absolute yes? No, it isn't. It's a no, and you'll be able to say that. But it is a process over time. Well, part of the problem, too, I learned this, too, having cured this disease for myself, if you spent your whole life saying yes, you don't even know what a no feels That's like. That's right. Because you just automatically, whatever somebody says, you're trying to jump through the hoop you know, exactly carry right. the rope and jump through fire at the same time. Well, you see, and that's so directly related to us being disconnected from ourselves, because if we turn our vision inward and we begin to establish a strong connection with who we are inside, we become less attached to what you think when I say no to you. And that's the process that we're on here. Okay, Cheryl, help Tracy discover a way to start connecting with her lost self by doing something she loves. This is what you have to do to begin to reconnect. Find what you love and do it. You said the defining moment for you really was when your grandmother died three weeks ago. I mean, everybody should be upset about a family member crying or dying, but it just destroyed me. It's every day I cry, and I don't know if I'm crying because of my grandmother, if I'm crying about everything else. And I just think once I started crying, I can't stop. Is there anything that you do that really honors your spirit, you know, something that helps you to calm down or to feel more centered? Uh, my grandmother, the one that passed away, um, she taught me how to quilt, so I have a quilt that I haven't touched in about three years. I'd actually like to see you pull that quilt out and start working on it again. In some ways, you know, the quilt is really symbolic if you think about putting the pieces together. Maybe you can begin to work on the quilt and see it as, you know, putting the lost pieces of yourself back together again. And it's perfect. <laughs> it's really good. It's a great idea. I'm thinking it is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. It's a great idea. Why hadn't you thought to do it? I, for a while, when they said, what do you like to do, I didn't know what I like to do. Well, that's important to say that, mm -hmm. because there are a lot of people who are watching right now who are saying, I don't know what that is. Right. Okay, so what are you supposed to do if you're where Tracy was? You need to spend time with yourself. You need to be journaling. You need to spend time alone. You have to bring your vision inward again and do something on a regular, consistent basis that will begin to develop a relationship between you and your spirit. And then that's, what that, that's when that information unfolds. It's in there. I believe it's in there. I know you know it's yeah, in there. I know it's in there. It's just a question of you got to show up for yourself, and most of us don't. We're too busy showing yeah. up for everybody else. And if else. you can't answer the question for yourself, that's where you need to start. That's right. Yeah. To, to not to be able to an answer the question of what is it I love yes. means that you really have lost connection with yourself. That's, That's right. what I mean. That's exactly Okay. Right. Cheryl has created an action plan for Tracy. First, practice being still. Ooh, key. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Tracy talked about running around all the time, being really busy. We're going to do this in slow steps, just practicing being still. In the middle of the chaos, when she feels overwhelmed, stopping, sitting down, breathing, doing some deep breathing for a few minutes, and then that'll build over time. Okay. Second, show recommends Tracy ask for, oh, ask for help. Once a day. Once a day. This needs to be an exercise. Most women need to learn to ask for and receive help. And receive help that isn't done perfectly, by the way, women. And so yeah. Tracy's job is to begin to ask for help at least once a day so that she can stop being the general manager of the universe, resign from that, and start letting other people take care of things for her. Really? Yeah, because that's what she's doing. I think doing. what's important, too, is like, and it doesn't have to be done perfectly, so don't ask Tim to please help me with the dishes and then complain like I stack them a different way. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, that's okay. exactly right. And lastly, set aside time to quilt, Cheryl says, right? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be an activity that will really help you to connect. And also help you to grieve your grandmother, which is an important part of this process. Feelings are so important. So do you feel better already just knowing that there's a plan? I feel great that there's a plan. I feel I have a direction and somewhere to go. And it's kind of like light at the end of a tunnel. Like I know that I'm going in the right way and I'm not going to go backwards. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. This is Maria. She is uh, one of the many women who wrote to us wanting to know how to reclaim her life. Dear Oprah, I'm a single mom with three kids. I work 40 to 50 hours a week. I'm in the process of getting divorced and it hasn't been easy. I don't feel like I have any control over my life. I'm up in the morning at 4.30. I don't have any energy. I'm racing all the time. As time goes on, I'm feeling more and more angry. I don't know what myself is anymore. I don't know what I want or, or where I want to be. I can't tell you exactly when I lost me, how much of me I've lost. If I could reclaim my life, I would spend some time on enhancing those great things that used to make me smile, that brought joy in my heart that I know exist from within. I would nurture my daughters. I would take the time to brush my daughter's hair without thinking it was a job. I would call out to my adoptive mother the words, I love you unconditionally, no matter who was listening. If I could reclaim my life, I would tell the world that I am here and no one is going to take my joy. I would listen more and cry less. I would write poetry like I used to that flowed from my mind like a spring's wind. I would learn to hug my children and let them know, however distant I may seem, that my every essence is their mere existence. And without them, I don't know where I would be. I would take the time to say thank you to some wonderful people who I can't say it to. And I forgive you to some of those who treated me mean. I would apologize for all the stupid things I've done and forget all the anger I once possessed. If I could reclaim my life back, I would rise to the occasion. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. What do you think lost you? Oh, my God. I, I don't know when it happened. You, just, you speak of a revolution, and I think I'm going through a psychosomatic evolution, so it's mm -hmm. kind of different for me. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find out when I lost it, and maybe I could recapture it if I find out when it was that I actually lost this entire person that I used to be. Mm -hmm. Who did you used to be? Very loving, very kind, very giving, timely person who enjoyed the arts, cre you know, cre creative things. I loved being around people. Now I'm kind of reclusive in my own way. Mm -hmm. Would you say that, I don't know if you are depressed, but you feel a sense of depression? 
I feel a sense of loss. Uh, it's different from depression. I think it's more or less at 34, who do I want to be as a woman? Where do I go from here? I've done these things and I've lost me in the process of doing them. And now I'm a, this mother who wants to produce these great children. And if I'm not productive myself, how can I produce great children to the mm -hmm. world when I don't feel I'm productive enough? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Toni Morrison said something on um, our show on this past Friday. Uh, regarding The Bluest Eye, which is one of the best books I've ever read in the world. But she said, what um, parents don't know is what their children want to know when you come into the room, when they come into the room, do your eyes light up when they come into the room? Mm. Or are you so busy being a parent saying, you need to comb your hair, you need to buckle your trousers, what's wrong with your dress, and what did you do? Mm -hmm. But do your eyes light up when they come in the room and they feel that from you? And, you know, just hearing you say that, it's hard for your children to feel that from you if you don't feel that for yourself. That's true. Yeah. And that's what is meant by you've got to take care of yourself that's first. True. Take care of yourself, absolutely. That's mm -hmm. right. And also, Maureen is a very gifted writer. She's been writing since kindergarten. And I would bet that her writing ability could be a wonderful vehicle or a path back to her lost self. Okay. What we really want to talk about here is the blocks to extreme self-care, because as we said at the beginning of the show, it's revolutionary, I know. Tracy's having a problem with putting herself first. Her husband doesn't see why he has to be second. I know for all of you who are shaking your heads when you say your children are not at the top of the list, mm -hmm. that that's a foreign concept, <laughs> right? There's the amen choir over there. To, that's a foreign concept. Yes. So yes. What, that's a big block there? Yes. The blocks, typical blocks to practicing self-care are guilt, wanting to be the nice girl, don't want to rock the boat. And I say, this is a revolution of the spirit. And therefore, we have to do things like practice feeling guilty. I tell people, guilt is good. If for so long you've been taking care of everybody else's needs but your own, and then you suddenly start taking care of yours, of course you're going to feel guilty. That's normal. What you need to do is embrace that guilt and do, the, do whatever it is you're doing anyway. And over time, as you start to get used to feeling guilty, it'll go away. So in other words, it does, <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about. So all of a sudden, you do something, it makes you feel guilty. And now what I want you to say is, oh, God, that, that guilt. Oh, I just felt it. Oh, that means I'm on the right track. I just did something right. And you keep going from there. Before you know it, you start getting over those things you feel guilty about, and you start being a much better person to be around. And the truth of the matter is, as those of you who are upset with the ch child taking number three on the list, you are not going to, it doesn't mean you're going to let, you know, your child in That's harm's right. way. You're not going to let something terrible That's happen right. to your child. This isn't about that. And life happens. This isn't about take a nice bubble bath while your child's running the streets. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we're saying exactly, here. Exactly, yes. exactly. And, you know, we also have to do things like we have to let go of this nice girl syndrome. I know I used to be this nice girl. I didn't want to rock the boat, didn't want to upset anybody. And I remember my very first mentor said to me, Cheryl, your good girl problem is going to rob you of your life. Ooh. That's what that's I did. That's good. So you know what I did? That's good. I, put a, I made a big sign, a circle, and I wrote good girl with a line going through it. And I hung it in my office so that I would see this every single day to remind me to stop being the good girl. We have to get good at disappointing people if we want to reclaim our lives. We have to get good at facing conflict if we want to reclaim our lives. 
You can't practice extreme self-care if you're not willing to take those risks. But what's the alternative? Yes, and I'm saying, you know, you're 30 years old, you're 34 years old. I was 40 years old before I got this. And Camille Cosby was one of the people who helped me, who said, by the time you get to your 40s, you really do feel the need. Because you realize, first of all, you don't have as much time as you used to, to let that go. Yes. And what other people think of you won't matter as much. That's right. But we can save you 10 years right now, <laughs> Okay, really. Linda Patch is a mother just like so many of you, who was also disconnected and overwhelmed. She says one single question led her to discover her soul's desire. Take a look at how Linda turned selfishness into something sacred. I'm 42 years old. I've been married for 19 years, and I have four wonderful boys. My life is very fulfilling, but there was a time when I was downright miserable. I wanted people to like me. I wanted to think that, that I'm doing a good job and that I just really have it together. It was not a very fulfilling way to live. It was just really not a happy life. What really changed my life was asking myself a very simple but very radical question, and it is, what do I want? My heart had the answer right there. And what I wanted was to be home, some with my child, and I needed to work at the same time. I needed more flexibility. May not be the right thing for everybody, but for me, there was no other answer. It's changed me in that I ask that question all the time now. What do I want? One very important thing that I do for myself on almost a daily basis is go running. I leave for a run usually at 5.45 in the morning, and that's a very spiritual and very precious time for me. It's a wonderful way for me to really get in touch with myself, my spirit. You can call me selfish because I'm really not threatened by that word anymore. Taking care of yourself doesn't mean that you're self-centered. By answering my needs and doing things for myself that I enjoy, it creates a very positive energy. You are then able in your life to have more time for others. That's the irony of it. I think it's very easy to fall into the guilt trap as a mother and as a wife. I think the kids have a very clear understanding that mom takes time to care for herself. You know, raising four boys, I think that's a very important message for them to get. My husband Keith really supports me in this. I am much more valuable to him as a complete person. By making myself a priority and honoring myself in that way every day, that's how I remember my spirit. And by doing that, I am of greater value to those around me. That's a big question. That's a big question. Don't you? What do I want? Thank you so much. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you, all of you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. I thank you for listening.